What's up, everybody? This week, Greg and I talk about three classic SNES games, F-Zero, Pilot Wings, and Shek-Fu. That and a whole... Shek-Fu! Really? All right. Welcome to the show. Yes, I know I said this is classics. And yes, I know I said Shek Fu, and I know one of these things does not belong with the other thing, but trust me, you'll understand why at the end of the episode. Hope everybody is doing well on this wonderful, wonderful Sunday m- afternoon, or, or uh, I don't know, evening? I don't know how to pronounce it, whatever. Uh, Saturday Saturday evening? I mean, time. what is time anymore? Time is merely just a, a man-made construct, that's right. especially in 2020. That's right, and we only, and like the, you know, like the, uh, like the hours of a sandglass, those are the times of our, or whatever the hell the show says i don't know i don't watch soap operas uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but i hope everybody is doing well uh we like i said we are here to talk about some of the great classic games of the, the snes like we did last time with the fighting games and like we did time before that with the uh genesis games we've got some uh some doozies in here this week but i think they all deserve mentioning because they're all classic in their own way but before we get started if you are on facebook twitter tumblr or instagram check out because movie network if you are on YouTube, check out bit.ly slash bmnetwork-youtube. That's where you'll find all of our uh, video game walkthrough sample episodes and so on and so forth. And of course, if this is not where you usually listen to podcasts, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and tune in. And I guess you haven't realized by now, I'm John by the Greg Greg Gregory. Greg, how are you, brother? Hey, good. Um, you know, well, I don't think we really addressed it before, but um, I just thought we would share with everyone the arrangement that we have right now. It's kind of unique for what we normally do. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, okay, before all this, uh, all, all the corona stuff kind of took hold and everything like that, me and uh, the wonderful, wonderful Sarah, we switched offices. Um, basically, her work needed more privacy than my work. And uh, so, you know, we switched where I was working out of and, you know, she's got my old studio and everything like that. So I'm kind of stuck in, in, in my new place, but I'm not allowed to bring anybody in. Trust me, that's a rule. Uh, so I've got to do things, we've got to do things remotely. Um, so I've recorded locally with Sarah, um, but me and Greg have got a very, very unique thing going on right now. We use, we're using Zoom, right? Like everybody uses Zoom. Right. But we do it a little, but we do it a little differently because we are professionals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quote, unquote. Yes. <laughs> we're professionals in the, in the way that if, uh, in the woods of Richard Jenny, in a way that if a cow is born in a tree, it's a bird. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, so, so I'm recording with recording software on my thing. He's recording recording software on his thing. And we've got Zoom kind of to, buffering to, us. To get the visual that we're kind of in the same room, which was traditionally, because traditionally what we used to do is we used to record it at the uh, old studio that we worked at. Yeah. Um, like during breaks and stuff, we would just knock out, I would knock out voiceover because that is, yeah, if you listen to the pod regularly, the lead ins, that's me doing all the lead. So we, yep. we would do like lead ins and record full episodes and yeah. And so we, it's just kind of evolved and it's just so cool how I'm just sitting here watching you over my iPad and with my <laughs> Adobe behind that and then the scripts on yeah it's uh so it's pretty i figured it was worth mentioning because i was listening to the pod and i was like no one is gonna know what we're doing because it sounds like we're in the same room <laughs> and the thing is like, this is the thing about um this thing about uh audio producers too right and we're vain when it comes to our equipment and it comes to our studio setups yeah but yeah. nobody sees them 
Yeah, they're yeah, so, like batteries, <laughs> like the batteries, man. They're doing all this work and they're they're in a, this invisible product. Like they're always covered up. You know what I mean? Like they're doing all the work and they don't get any of the glory. No, it's it's you know people like take a look take a look at my video studio. Here's my camera. Here's my you, no, you don't see that with sound guys because we're very protective and very very like we want people to see what we've got, but we don't either because we want you know we don't want people to go. Well, why haven't you got the latest this? Yeah. Oh crap! You need like, that. Oh, <laughs> you, oh, you've only got a Behringer mixer. Oh, jeez. Well, you know, your interface only has eight outputs or eight yeah. inputs. Man, yeah. I got 50, I got sixteen on mine. It's like, oh. Yeah, there's always going to be that guy. So I mean, you just got to be proud of what you have and get the most out of it. And I, th- I feel like I feel like that we do that. I think uh, this uh, this podcast definitely um, authenticates my audition <laughs> subscription. <laughs> so, so at, least, at least that. So. Hey, I look, I love my interface. I really do. I've only wanted to throw it in the wood chipper six times this week. Only? Okay. If, if I tell you what, if I'd had the, uh, the if, if I had the chance to buy this again or something else, I probably would never have touched this thing. But, yeah, uh. <laughs> right. Yeah. People, pe- people were dogging on me when I got this little pre-sonus, uh, audio box I have, the little, little two, two channel, two input or whatever. But man, it's been surefire. Like I've I've had no issues with it whatsoever. So I mean, for what it's worth, yeah, it's it's for for the time being, yeah, it's great. Now a lot of people are probably going to be wondering why we're going ahead and talking about all this because one of the games we're talking about is Shaq Fu, right? And we're yeah. talking about all of our good equipment, and we're talking about all of our pride that we take in our work because evidently the people who were involved in Shaq Fu did not take pride in what they've got. But that's going to be coming up in a little while. And yeah, there's a lot that we could say about Shaq Fu. But I picked it, I picked it especially because, again, we'll crap, go into it. Crap Fu. Um, crap Fu, right? So yeah. um, as I stare at my full monitors right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> I'll, no, I'd say, seriously, guys, I like, talking about, I like talking about equipment because nine times out of ten, I'm not entirely sure what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I know exactly what I'm talking about, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can never know enough. You can never learn enough. Like, you'll always meet somebody that knows, like, a little nugget more than you do or has something that you've never dealt with. You know, have you, it's, have you a, the, it's, it's a never ending. Yeah. Have you heard the Kevin Smith story um, when he's talking about when he was working on Cop Out? Okay. Yeah. He was having an argument with Bruce Willis, right? Because that's all they did on the set of that movie was they just argued the whole time they were there. And Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis, right? Uber professional, egotistical, but uber professional, hard to handle, but uber professional, right? Right, right. And so they're doing a shot. I can't remember what shot it is. I can't remember what scene it is, but they're doing a shot. And Bruce Willis just looks at Kevin Smith's and at Smith, excuse me, and says, "Are you using the ten thirty eight fifty four lens or some some crap like that?" Right? I'm not. I'm not up on lenses. I apologize. And yeah, throws out some model number that that most film people would be like, yeah. oh, and yeah, Kev- this is my tried and true, sure, or whatever. Kev- yeah. Kevin Smith looked at him, right? And Bruce Willis pulled the whole, a director would know exactly what you're doing. So Kevin Smith puts his hand up. He turns to his camera guy and he says, hey, Dave, what is the name of the lens that looks like this? And he kind of hand gestures what it is. And the cameraman said, oh, it's the Panasonic 835D-F, which is the same thing Bruce Willis said. And he said, yeah, that one. Because he knows what he's talking about by looking at it, but has no clue what the technicality is. He, well, yeah, he's not a technical guy, so he didn't, it, he, he's not going to be, like, memorizing model numbers and stuff. He's just, like, the one that works good, the one that's, like, boom, like, you you know, the, the shot. That's me. Where it's like, <laughs> I don't know, that one is, like, pops. Yeah, yeah. 
like this is the thing when we when we've spoken with equipment in the past you've told me this thing i've looked it up and it's like oh yeah that's what he's talking about because i know now what it is by looking at it but like the the, the names and stuff I, but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's so, uh, yeah it's it's a thing man it's it's a never-ending it's a never-ending cycle it definitely uh, so welcome to the equipment podcast right you know so we start with pilot wings yes Pilot Wings. Is anybody aside from me and the UK fans of the show Games World ever hear of Pilot Wings? Yeah, totally, no, totally. It's 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 a good game, right? It was one of the first flight simulation games ever, but it wasn't like a flight simulator like you know we know today, where we could learn how to fly a plane and everything like that. It was basically, I don't want to say a test game, but it kind of felt like that. Yeah, um, I don't know. It it certainly. It's certainly something if you if you watch it now, um, it definitely would have been uh, a likable, good game for the time. You know, it was it was had good 3D. It had a lot of things going for it that were, yeah. um, you know, but uh, like it, just as far as like the style of it and the way it's presented, it's it just hasn't aged very well. No, no, it's definitely I don't even think it aged yeah, well I mean, during the 90s. No, I mean, no, it, it, no. It, but it, the thing is, it was, they was it was kind of like a fresh undertaking in some respects. Yeah. It, so I mean, could, they had a little bit of you know, the uh, you know, poetic license, if you will, to try yeah. something new too. So you know, but like the it, like even when you flip it on, the word art title screen, <laughs> you know, just it just screams '90s like so so hard from the highest mountaintop, you know, and it's. It's got the typical SNES music style with the, you know, energetic, bombastic, you know, title screen. And then when you come into, like, the menu, it's got this kind of really, really stripped down, subdued junk behind it, which, yeah. you know, they, they knew what they were going for. And I, I don't say this was a test game because it, it wasn't. It was a legitimate game made. But this was a definitely a template style game for how Nintendo would do their games in, in future, right? So, sure. So for people who don't know, this is basically a game where you are an aspiring pirate. Pirate? Pilot. Pi- not pirate. pirate. Not pirate wings. <laughs> Our pirate wings. Um, no. This is where you, be, you basically you're trying to become a pilot, right? You play a series of mini games, right, to, to earn your pilot's license. And you, like, you fly a light airplane, you do some, um, uh, not bungee jumping, uh, Oh, what's the thing where you jump up with a par- parachute jumping? Skydiving. Skydiving. Yeah, yeah. Um, you do a thing with a um, uh, jetpack. Nice. You do, you know, you do uh, tricks and t- turns on your plane. So it's, you know, it's a way to kind of get you used to using the controls of the SNES because, you you know, you use them all. Because this was one of the, the first games that they released. Yeah, and the 3D, the 3D thing was still relatively new um, at that point, too, so... The, but basically, you learn how to fly a helicopter, glide a jetpack, glide a uh, hang glider, and then all of a sudden, right, after you complete your first three licenses, your instructors have been kidnapped because, you know, for reasons. Uh, the plot. <laughs> plot, I guess. Because, yeah. you know, because having an arcade-style high school just, I guess, didn't make sense. <laughs> sure, sure. So we needed people kidnapped, sure. So... And to do that, you have to basically use the skills that you've learned to save your instructors. Good way to tie it back. They could have just made it in a, in a sense of, okay, the ultimate test to get your ultimate license is you have to use all these skills. But I guess, the, you know, the plot that they had to add, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
just to give it give it something else otherwise it's like a flight lesson game basically yeah now don't get me don't get me wrong right i'm not i'm, I'm criticizing the 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 the, the, the slapping a plot together just to say sake of it this is a really good game it, it really is it, it's a challenging yeah, game especially for, sure. for its tom yeah I mean, no even, yeah it's, a, now, it's still a good game like even if the aesthetics are so are kind of dated and a little bit clunky like it doesn't take away from the the classic you know smooth perfect nintendo controls that uh, you know that that them as a company at the time were masters of for the most part you know i mean you had a few a few stinkers here and there but you know if the if you're gonna go full 3d you better have some damn good controls on and and they did and at the time 3d controlling was brand new which meant it was insanely difficult if you didn't know what you were doing yeah, I mean, there was and there was a learning curve with that, just like just like anything else. Um, like if you go back to when um, uh, it was like ColecoVision and Atari <laughs> and all those games like that. I mean, everything, you know, it was still um, 2D. And, and I know they had some 2.5D stuff that they kind of faked their way through. Yeah. But, um, you know, going from that to even the NES 2D was a, a, a jarring shift for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. um, the games were longer. They had more colors. They there was more um, there's more, you know, bits so they could use a wider color palette. And, you know, for a while it was just like cyan and um, something else. Those are the only two colors they could use for certain ones. So to have that shift from you know, the linear kind of mostly linear, you know, there's exceptions Zelda, but like to go from 2d to like the, the 3d on a new console. Yeah. It was a big jump. It was a big shift for classic gamers. Um, and, and the, uh, Atari, Atari folks that have been playing with joysticks on that 2D oh, yeah. plane. It was totally different, you know? Right. And it, and you know, it looked too. I mean, you know, th- I mean, think about it, right? This was a Miyamoto game, obviously, because yeah. he pretty much designed and developed every Nintendo game that was good. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a good game, he probably did it. Sure. If he didn't do it, he had a finger or two in the pie. Um, I mean, you know, it, w- it wasn't just a, a thing of, okay, you get points. This is one of the first first games ever that took points away from you. Oh, okay. Like, you know, if you if you crash or hit something or yeah it's like okay you might have done te- you know you might have done a score of 10 on 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 the keeping it up in the air but when you hit the deck we won't take 60 points off you because you know the plane is supposed to still be able to fly after you land you know yeah yeah i mean that's and that's and that adds a little bit to the um to the the whole aspect of flight simulation which is kind of what they were truly going for i mean it wasn't it wasn't like um you know, uh, duck like a Ducktales airplane game where you're just <laughs> riding around trying to grab, you know, something to take to somewhere to rescue. I mean, this was like they were like going through the what it, what what those things would sort of be. It was supposed to be like a representation of it. And what was weird too is that it had really really good uh, physics, which again is, you know, I I, I don't understand how they were able to get not get away with it how they were able to do it on that system at that time you know i mean physics is hard enough to do video games now but i mean imagine trying to do physics on a 16-bit machine on a cartridge yeah you know i I heard um i read something somewhere and i don't i'm trying to remember where it was uh but it was something about how um in the 16-bit consoles um nintendo figured out that they could add more 
um, I can't remember if it was bits or it was like RAM or it was something. They figured out there was a little chip that they could start adding to their games that would help them process faster or blah, 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 blah. So I'm willing to bet that some of these more like 3D forward games had those accelerator chips or whatever in them to give them that extra boost. Cause I, again, I can't remember if it was bits or what exactly it was, but um, I, 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 that, to me, that's how you would be able to have a, a fluid, competent 3d model in a 16 bit game that they, they, they were able to, you know, push it up to a full three megabytes of RAM. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, well, well, the limitations was, was that the cartridge though, really at the end yeah. of the day, because they could only hold so much data because it was, it was analog data. And then you put, you know, when you're, when you're going to CD, it's still physical, but the way that it's stored is in a digital format. So you could pack so much more information. That means more videos, more cutscenes, music, et cetera. So. No, I'm I'm loving that because, um, a couple of, uh, about a year and a half ago for the game, we played lemmings and I mean, I used an Amiga emulator because I, my, again, all of my classic video game stuff is sitting in a, in a a dusty attic, 4,000 miles away from me. Um, yeah. But as I loaded it up, it emulated everything, like including the bit where it detected I had extra RAM and it pushed my RAM up to 3.5 megabytes of RAM to play Lemmings. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And you got like, what, like, you know, 16 something left over. Sweet. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, basically put, you had to, you had to every, there'd be four levels. Every level would have two or three mini games you had to play. Each minigame, you had a total. Your total determined whether or not you got to the next license, and then you had to put it all together to save the pilot wings after they were kidnapped. Standard fare. Okay. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily going to be worth the $30 that people would have paid for it back in the day, but yeah. it, 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 was, it was a good game. It wasn't an arcade game either, which was a good thing, because a lot of the games of that year were in arcades and... Um, home console stuff home ports yeah but you know the thing about this game as well right it was a very i don't want to say you know we mentioned it it was difficult but it wasn't too difficult but the difficulty definitely did go up you know um they used to say that uh, the old video games they didn't uh they didn't get any more difficult they just got quicker yeah yeah yeah. the uh yeah so there's a higher reaction time which yeah is obviously going to raise the difficulty And, and this was kind of I, they didn't raise a level, so to speak. They put the ones with the most difficult control further out. So, like the easy okay. one is to land, is to land a plane, or to skydive. The hardest one is to fly a jet glider or helico- helicopter. You know. Yeah. So they kind of they, they nothing got more difficult except the fact that the games themselves were naturally more difficult. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Well, they would ask more of you. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. Which is which is a that's a hallmark of a good game though when they when they level appropriately. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of games that are really bad about that, like Legend of uh, or uh, the Adventures of Link, Zelda Two. Yeah, it just levels so so fast and so hard, like it's crazy. Super Mario Two Two. I mean, yeah, yeah, (sighs) yeah. World Three. There's an area on there that is literally like it is it is compacted with enemies it's just oh it's horrible it's horrible yeah man it's it's challenging for sure but um you know I'll, like i said i like this game it's a good solid seven out of ten one of the things i loved about this game is the fact that the the only time i heard of it right there was a tv show called games world in the uk 
and uh there were two you know there were two video game shows in the uk at the same time games world and games master yeah one was on satellite and one was on normal tv and they used to battle it out and man you might as well i mean i'm glad twitter wasn't around back in the early 90s because you know we'd we'd watch both shows as kids and like which one did you watch oh my god that one sucks man you know typical nine-year-old bollocks um yeah (laughs) but this had jet from gladiators on it in the uk now you wouldn't know who jet from gladiators is over here but uh she 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 gave pamela anderson a run for her money in the early 90s right there (laughs) especially in britain but um yeah, so that is that is Pilot Wings, guys. Well, that's it for this. No, no, I'm kidding. We got we got another couple more to go. See, that's why we're doing these things in a bulk because we can't do a whole episode on them. Because can you imagine trying to stretch out like 45 minutes to an hour talking about slapping a plot together and kidnapping? Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta keep it. You know, you want content, but you also want to keep it moving. You don't want to dwell too heavily in one spot. Yeah, we want good content which unfortunately the next game that we're going to talk about and i've wanted to talk about this for so long man doesn't have we've 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 mentioned it numerous times i mean you and i alone have mentioned it at least a dozen times i mean easily ladies and gentlemen the video game with the most ridiculous concept ever and i'm including two plumbers fighting plants coming out of pipes in this shack foo (laughs) <laughs> yeah the, uh, the, the shakfu they the, should just add a v to it the shakfu the video game with the worst premise i've ever heard in my life and a lot of people said Shaq didn't have that big of an ego back then no he did <laughs> yeah I, I, not not the a worse premise since uh cheetah it's not since cheetah have we seen a <laughs> more just ridiculous presentation and yeah they get sucked into a tv or no uh a kid's like gets sucked into a tv and they're supposed to rescue him or something and then they go to get him and then they never he's never mentioned again and you never see him he's never nothing like it's 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 (laughs) yeah i'm gonna yeah this one's this one's outrageous too i'm gonna throw a disclaimer up about this one okay all right as a fighting game, as a I'm standing on one side of the screen, my opponent's standing on the other side of the screen, fight. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if I don't you, know. If you just take, okay, you take Shaquille O'Neal and the story out of it as a just a plain it, fighting it's, game. It's an average yeah. fight, fighting, like side by side fighting type game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing special, but... I, I think I think it's just the more the sheer absurdity of it, <laughs> like just the it it kind of just automatically knocks it down a peg. It'd be like it'd be like if you um if you saw a Rolex sit lying on the ground in the park, yeah, and you walked over it and you were like, "Whoa, dude, that's a real Rolex!" Oh, there's a giant dog turd on top of it. <laughs> you know, it's like it just ta- it diminishes it immediately. Like it's just a, just a, it's just the absurdity of it, just in general. Can you imagine LeBron James foo? <laughs> I mean, I mean, at least maybe they do it justice now because you know, like consoles have gotten better, and you know, programming you know, et cetera. Like it's harder to see 
a crappy game, you know, unless big rigs, it's like they were trying to make that one crappy, but, but maybe, maybe they could do it justice now because they don't have quite the limitations they did back then. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're on slippery ground there. Cause, cause like we said before, you just put foo in front of behind anything. Yeah. Kung Fu Fu. Uh, <laughs> well, no, we. I looked up, right? I pulled up all the ratings that I could get of this, and I'm just going to do it. I'm not even going to do it a disservice. I'm not going to tell you the actual score. All I'm going to say is that this got a critical rating of under 50%. <laughs> oh, okay. Which I was shocked by. Let's just say it's more closer to under 20%, right? Wow, okay. And believe it or not, this game has a plot. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's part of the absurdity of it. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Okay. I'm going to read a description of the plot. And. <laughs> I'm giggling just looking at it. While heading to a charity basketball game, Shaquille O'Neal meets Letsu, a dojo leader and martial arts master who tasks Shaq with saving his son from a mummy. I'm not making this up, and I promise that's the yeah. point. And when from the mummy, set raw. Set raw. And if Shaq is to do that, they'll launch a new discipline of martial arts in the dojo known as... Shaq Fu. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, what a great... What a great guy! I mean, that, that just makes that just makes him sound like a swell guy, doesn't it? Uh, like charity I mean, basketball game. Yeah, I mean, he's on a charity basketball game. What uh, a good guy! Uh, <laughs> and he happens to walk into the one dojo where the guy has had his son kidnapped by a mystical zombie, and uh, then suddenly it just—he's adorned with the ability to like fight masters of hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> What's he gonna like do? Like that correlates to basketball. Yeah, that correlates to basketball somehow. I mean, I mean, all right. Yeah. Shaq has done WrestleMania, right, in the past, and yeah. you know he walked he walked into the ring. He's the tallest guy there, so they gang up on him and throw him out because you know that that's what happens when you're untrained and go into this crap. But I mean, just yeah, the idea of a martial art based off of Shaquille O'Neal. LSU legend Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I always forget that he that he's a Louisiana a Louisiana guy. Uh, a buddy of mine had like um his rookie LSU card. I mean, that's got to be worth a mint right now. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. He was one. He was one hell of a player for sure. He was a hell of a player, but not so much of a martial artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, yeah, the game just loses points just because of the the the. All that the absurdity, sure. But do you know this was actually supposed to be like Shaquille O'Neal's basketball journey or something like that? This was going to be um, Delphine, Delphine Software and Electronic Arts counter to NBA Jam. Oh, okay. But when Shaq was telling everybody how much he loved Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, he managed he managed to convince the video game people to scrap their commission and do a new game based on him being a fighter. <laughs> Wow, they I guess, I guess they wanted to get, do something that the uh, the subject was actually really going to get behind. Uh, so what they wanted to do, right? They 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 had they knew that they didn't have the time or the budget to 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 compete with Street Fighter, to compete with Killer Instinct, to compete with Tekken and and everything else. This came out in '94. 
And so what they did was they thought, I know, we'll dazzle everybody with our animations, which are good. Yeah. But they that was the com- best part of it. That was the best part of the game, sure. And they actually got you know a tr- an actual kung fu sensei master to help animate the uh, animate the thing, right? An actual dojo leader to do it. Again, great. But they thought the story would be the thing that sells this game t- to make it better than Street Fighter and better than Mortal Kombat. Wow. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, and and that, and that's such a overdone kind of trope like if in that that whole cliche um, nonsense yeah i mean that's that's what i meant to say yeah it was just yeah it's just it's just so trite man it's just so if you're gonna do something fresh actually make it something fresh like you know you gotta like teleport to another dimension to you know Le- Le- something. I don't know. LeBron versus Cobra Kai. Uh- yeah, <laughs> you know something. I'm, so- I'm starting to lose it again. I gotta calm down because if I start the giggles again, um, I mean, look, this was a normal fighting game. We 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 mentioned that, but I mean, the story in between the fights just drags a little bit. I mean, it's 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 okay to have like. Okay, the game Aladdin, right? You do three, you do two or three four-minute levels, right? So that's, what, 10 or 12 minutes. Then it's got maybe a minute or so of exposition. And then back to the levels. Okay, that's great. It's fairly balanced, yeah. They had, a sto- they had like a two-minute story point in between 45-second fights. So it was very, I'm going to say clunky, but it was very stop-start. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you start getting in rhythm, then you know a long a cutscene that just totally knocks you off, and yeah, it gets you out of your groove. I mean, and and the other thing too, right? Which is which is bizarre, especially for the especially for the time, right? The Genesis version of this game was more in depth than the SNES version of this game. Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually uh, played both on both con- uh, both systems, and yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, and not only that, that was so rare at the time. Because the SNES was more powerful than the Genesis. Way more powerful than the Genesis. Was it really? Yeah. I mean, you got to understand, the Genesis huh. was... Um, even though it was 16-bit, it had the power... The ha- Okay, if you take the NES and the SNES, while it was closer to the SNES in terms of power and, and stuff like that, because it came out a couple of years before that, Nintendo had a hell of a lot more time to develop it. And, yeah. and, and get and squeeze everything out of it, which is part of Sega's downfall, unfortunately. It's not very glitchy either. Like, Nintendo stuff, like... No. I mean, ever since uh, the Nintendo, the original uh, entertainment system came out, man, they've... You know, they you just... You hardly ever see any just, like complete abominations of programming or glitching it's really hard to find them whereas i found sega to be a lot it seemed more rushed especially gen one the yeah. gen one genesis console and they answered a lot of that with the second generation but yeah. uh yeah it definitely felt more rushed but i never i honestly didn't see too terrible a differences like when i would cross platform like say I play Mortal Kombat at my house, and then we go to this dude's house, and he's got SNES to play Mortal Kombat. Like, the the differences are minute, but I, I could see how it would be a big difference between other games that were more involved yeah. and had more, like like you said, with the cutscenes and stuff like that. 
make it a little more tricky. Well, I think too, right? The, the, the easiest way to describe it for for modern for for, the, for our younger listeners who are out there, um, have you? I, I don't think I, I think you, you haven't said you haven't played it yet. Have you played the Outer Wilds? Outer Worlds, excuse me, not Outer Wilds. Outer Worlds. I was trying to. Uh, I was looking for it. I didn't. I didn't know if it, uh, I didn't see a way to get it on PC or if it was a console game. Like I just. You have to get the Epic Store for that. Ah, that's why. Because it was, it was, it's in, like, you can get it I, on Steam. I always forget that Steam is not the only place to buy games. It, it used to be the, the only place for so long, but now, yeah. But um, if you play it on console, right, the biggest complaint that the game has on console is um, when you exit an area or it goes through a loading screen, right? The loading screens take a good 30 to 45 seconds on a console. Because yeah. um, this is one of the last games that could be made to this standard on this generation of hardware. So if the Outer Worlds right. had waited maybe a year and released it as a PS4, a PS5, or an Xbox One, X1, X1, O, O, One, whatever, uh, <laughs> they X X Series X One, yeah, it's yeah. really confusing. Or, or the new Xbox. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. The new Xbox. It might have it, it might have worked a lot better because you know it had the hardware and everything like that. I think that's a lot of problems the Sega Genesis games had is that they tried to make them to the same standard as Nintendo, and it pushed their hardware to the limit, and it caused a glitch or two or to perform not as good. Or you know what I mean? Right. So, so blast is just so so blast. It was running. It was running the um, the processor at ninety nine percent the whole time, whereas Nintendo wasn't. I mean, you know, um, yeah. But I, I, I forgot that I wrote these down. I wrote the character names and their, um, <laughs> and their descriptions. I'm gonna read Shex because okay. you have to read Shex. So, Shex, a dominating force on or off the hoops court, rookie of the year, perennial all star, and founder of Shakido. An extremely lethal martial art form. <laughs> Shakido? I think I knew somebody named that. It sounds like a name. It doesn't sound like a uh, it isn't it doesn't sound threatening or like you I know, just, like taekwondo, you know Shakido. or jujitsu, you know, like that sounds yeah. Not e- wow. not ego filled at that point <laughs> in his career, everybody. He's only a force on and off the court. Rookie of the Year and a perennial all-star. I mean, good. And he plays charity basketball games, man. I mean, and, come on. And yeah. I, I pulled these off. I mean, I pulled these off the out out of the book, the little booklet that came with it. Yeah. These came. That, that comes from. This. I'm not. I'm not making this up. I'm not writing this down. That's what the book of Shaq Fu of Shaq said about Shaq. Yeah, he thought he was awesome. Does he speak in the third? Oh, sure. Does he speak in the third person? Like the Rock. Shaq I, think says. <laughs> I think he did at one point. I don't know if he still does it, but I think I've heard him. Yeah, it's definitely Shaq's going to go out there and uh, talk to basketball. More <laughs> the game. Shaq out. And, and look, I like Shaq, man. He he was a... Yeah, he's, he, he's a fun guy. He's a damn good player. And you know what? After his career was over, he's become a very, very good spokesperson for stuff. You yeah, know. he uses his, uh, he uses likeness for good. And, and not, uh, you never hear about him, you know, broke and drunk on the streets or nothing like that. And, and he does, and he does his stuff in in a way that's not hokey. That's the thing I like about it. I guess he got all of his hokiness in his career uh, when he released this abomination, <laughs> Shakido. <laughs> right? I mean, oh my god, uh, this. I mean, look, 
I can talk about the difficulty as a fighting game, as like you take the storyline element out there, it's probably a B plus game in terms of, you know, you got your A plus games in terms of Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, you know, we talked about them earlier on the season. This is kind of like a B plus game at best in terms yeah. of the fighting. And I think if you take Shaq out of it, this game would be seen a lot more kindly than than it is. Because people because people consider this the worst fighting game of all time. Not one of them was the worst fighting game of all time. Yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. Uh, uh, there's another one that I think is at a run for money. I think it's called Fighting Fighting Street. <laughs> I, I've mentioned it before, but it's like it's like everybody's jumping like they're on the moon, and like the hit detection, like you just like punch right through people, and it doesn't do any damage. This isn't Street. Yeah, it's, this isn't Street Fighter. It's Fight a Street. <laughs> yeah it was something like that I have, to, I have to look it up again but yeah that one was pretty pretty horrible but yeah this this you could you could you could definitely make an overwhelming argument that this is the worst video game of all time for sure well not video fighting game maybe maybe worst video game but definitely one of the worst fighting video games I mean games. We've, we've seen big rigs I mean oh, we've seen AVGN cover big rigs and what was the other one Desert Bus yeah I mean Shaq-Fu is better than those two games no, he's actually said that in his review that he said he would rather when he was playing Desert Bus, he said he'd rather play uh, Shaq Fu because at least that's entertaining. At least there's something <laughs> going on. Yeah. Look, the idea of Shaq creating the, the, the most lethal form of martial arts and naming it after himself. <laughs> Just- it sounds like I know it sounds like uh, like a, a, a Mexican dish that he created. <laughs> Taquito Shaquito. Uh, well, I mean, uh, welcome to Shaq Shaq. Do you want to try the Shaquito? I mean, this is the other thing too, right? This is the other thing. I think that if Shaq, the character, wasn't the hardest character to use in the game, this might have gotten up another few points too. But if you're going to put all the effort of making Shaq the, the, like the greatest fighter of all in the 90s, you make him your Ryu. You, you, you have no yeah, choice. exactly. You don't make him yeah, like, yeah. you know his own style you make him that game's Ryu or Ken and that way people the balance yeah. yeah but no he was the hardest clunky there was a there's a movement being made of the of people who hate this game so much like they hate this game so much that their mission was to find every physical copy they could find of this game and destroy it just it's a noble cause and then there was a counter-argument of people going, wait, they're going to destroy Shaq-Fu. We must save the game. Oh, no. <laughs> We're at an impasse. <laughs> so I, I actually do have it. I have it on my emulator. And I occasionally fire it up to just to be reminded how bad it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, totally. Just- uh, it makes it makes a good game even better, you know. So if you if you've never played Shaq Fu and you have an SNES emulator or you have an SNES, find a copy of Shaq Fu. Trust me, it will be the funniest 35, 40 minutes you will ever do. And when you feel down, you play that game and you will feel like <laughs> you'll feel like a king. I remember. I remember. I remember as a kid. I'm, I'm. I'm rambling, but I remember as a kid. I used to make. Um, I used to follow the books. That the, the, the little articles they had in the magazine for the old Spectrum, and you type in a little bit of code, and it makes a man run across the screen and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. There. There are those kind of Spectrum ZX. You know, type from a magazine code games that are better than Shaq Fu. I mean, 
it's not yeah like the the text games like yeah. the one where you like tell it where to go and it tells you what happens like kind of like a choose your own adventure but te- yeah that that has more substance than that for sure and and look i'm not i'm not hating on it because everybody else hates on it. i actually think it's a, i think it's decent i think the premise of it is stupid it's it's like i stand by my original statements an average fighting game that gets drugged down by the ridiculous yes. premise and plot i mean it's i mean I mean, it's a little clunky and Shaq's not very usable as well as some of the other characters, but yeah, they just totally screwed this one up. I mean, there's just no, I mean, they missed the free, they missed a free, a free throw with this one. Oh yeah. The the concept was just, wasn't there. And I think it, it kind of, the the rest of the game suffered because of it. And they let, they let, I mean, this is the thing. If if you ever want to make a video game, and have a video game endorsed by someone. Don't take the idea of a video game from somebody who does something else. Don't do it. Right. If you're a comedian, don't take don't take an idea from a computer programmer. You know, if you're a computer unless it has to do with computer programming. Exactly. If you're a computer programmer, <laughs> don't take advice from a basketball player. Great basketball player, but he knows about video games and and and, and development. <laughs> It's not, I would say it's not his name on the line, but it actually was in this case. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it really hurt him necessarily. No, it's, it's, it's one of these things that he's going to get, uh, he's going to get pranked about for the rest of his days. So, you know, if, yeah, if he says, I, I want to find a copy of it. So if I ever see him, I'll be like, Hey, you saw my copy of <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not only that it's like, you know, I don't know how many championships he won, right? Let's. I'm. I'm gonna say four, right? He's probably like three or four. Yeah, or something like I'm that, gonna yeah. say four. Fans of, of of his basketball teams, don't jump on me. I'm not. I'm not following. But I'm just gonna say four. He goes, yeah, I won four championship rings. <laughs> yeah, you also the star of Shaq Fu. <laughs> oh, what was it? A scary movie. He was also in Shazam. Shaq Fu. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie, Drew? Um, Shazam. That wasn't a that wasn't a scary movie. Have you seen Shack Act? That was that had me rolling. <laughs> right. Oh, that had me rolling. All right, so we're gonna go yeah. back to serious for just a few minutes. Um, but uh, that's two down and get uh, get Shack Fu. That's that's all I'm gonna do. I, on the video version of this, every like five minutes, I'm gonna have like one frame saying Shack Fu. Just <laughs> five, five. Well, uh, for the rating, you gave it a five out of ten. Yes, and I'll give it a four out of ten. Once again, just the overall absurdity of it and just the fact that, that that they wanted to try to make a basketball player seem like a legitimate martial arts competitor is just, just still ridiculous. Oh, it was harmless fun. No, it wasn't harmless. Uh- <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It, it sends a chill down my spine when I hear that name every time. Uh, <laughs> okay. The final game that we're going to talk about. We're actually going to talk about a legitimate classic. Now, Pile of Wings was, was a good... Um, was a good was a good game a lot of people know Shaq Fu was a game that you know isn't is uh infamous for how divisive it is as, as a game we're actually gonna talk about a little, it shouldn't exist it, sh- it should never have been made it should never I mean, it should never be made but now it's here we have to enjoy it because the world would have been fine perfectly perfectly fine and dandy without it but they just still had to go ahead and make it so it is what it is <laughs> But we're actually going to talk about a real legitimate Stone Cold classic. We're talking about the original F-Zero. Yeah, ex- excellent, excellent game. Uh, uh, aged, aged very well, too, oh, yeah. actually. We were talking about how the last one, or wait, the first one. Didn't age. Pilot Wings. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's still a really really good game. It's it's still really well done, but like just the, I don't know, the presentation of it. Like I said, this one on this one, it's it's has. It has a futuristic look, and it still holds up. Yeah, I think part of the reason was, right, a lot of people who did futuristic stuff in the late 90s were doing things like 2050, yeah, or 2030. Yeah, yeah. And, like, we're only putting themselves, like, 50 or 60 years in the future. This one puts puts everything full, uh, at the time 570 years in the future. So yeah, the, you could uh, be as futuristic uh, as you want, yeah. and it still look great. Yeah, you can make you could make up races and stuff like that, and like um, you know vehicles. So it it really the other cool thing about that too is that they weren't bound to any like current expectations as far as like they could they could make the story go wherever they wanted to as far as what they used and how they and they really did they really they really created a landscape that was unique that wasn't you know even though it was had the space element it had its own thing going on yeah you know? i mean it was it was a, it was different um i didn't know it had a plot i just thought it was just i don't say generic but i, I just thought it was just another racing game kind of like a mario kart where yeah. you, just, you just plug it in grab a guy boom but yeah no it actually had a little bit of substance in there yeah um so what happened was the year is 2560 humanity's multiple encounters with alien life forms have resulted in the expansion of earth's social framework leading commercial technological and cultural interchanges between planets the multi-billionaires who earned their wealth through intergalactic trade created a new entertainment based on the old Formula One races to be founded with vehicles that could hover one foot above the track. Yeah, like exactly. So we're talking about like hover cars, hover. Yeah, like a, a legit like racing hover cars. If you're talking Formula One, you're talking cars that can do 200 plus all day. No oh, problem. yeah. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, there is no Michael Schumacher in this one. Dang it. Uh <laughs> But um, it just, man, I, I, lo- I love this game. You know, it was futuristic, yeah, but I mean, because of the fact that they did the whole hovering one foot off the ground thing, or one meter or whatever it was, right? The controls were really fluid on it. Yeah, it was a, it was a really, really well, well, well done game. It, you, not, not just that, the control of the car was difficult if you didn't, if you, okay, it's the best way to say this. If you tried to control, I know this is going to sound weird, but if you tried to control one of these cars like it had wheels, you weren't going to be able to. You had to leave the. You had to leave that thinking of the wheels the minute you picked up the control pad, because as soon as you picked up the control pad, there wasn't no a wheels. You were gliding, and you just had to control the yeah. glide. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. They they accounted for the fact that there would not be the traditional physics of a car. Yeah, and they and they they reflected that in the way. It, so it did, it, you did kind of like a floaty kind of feel, yep. like you could kind of slide your backside out a little bit more because you weren't bound by, you were, you had one plane that the force was coming off of versus four, four spots. Yep. So like in Mario Kart, if you're spinning or if you're like sliding out or something, you've got those front wheels to contend with to try to blah, 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 to get it, you know, keep it straight or build that drift or whatever. But in this case, it's planar. So you can just slide right through it, and it's a totally, totally different set of physics. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And they they did a great job, man. Um, you know, they had, <clears throat> excuse me, they had fifteen tracks in this game, which was huge. Yeah, that's that's a really big uh, selection compared. Like, like look back, uh, we talked about Road Rash. Yeah, a couple episodes back, several episodes back, um, and it and that was one of the only negative things that we brought up about it was the fact that it had limited 
levels. I think it had five levels. It had no, it had something like it that. It had it had multiple levels, but the levels ended up being semi. After like after you've done the first five, you've done them all. Yeah, with, yeah. So it was they might as well have only had five yeah, levels. But with this one, every track was yeah. unique. Exactly. That's what. Then that's that's the point I was trying to get to. Yeah, this one it was it. There was variety. There was there was. There was a bunch of them, and they were all different. And not only that, you... Not there was a bunch of them, they were all kind of the same. And so. there were even, like, three or four tracks that had um, two different versions of the same track that had areas blocked off. But when you went into the blocked-off area, you know, it was a completely different track altogether, if that makes sense. I mean, like, in, yeah. in one blocked-off area, you just made a left turn and made it back to the start. In the, sec- in the second half of that race, you went, like, around more twists and turns and, you know, everything like that, more of a challenge. And you forget that it's the same... It's just a slightly... I don't say slightly, but it's a tweaked version of a track that you've done already, you know? But it was really, really... I mean, good Lord, this had jumps and and and, you know... Uh, I mean, okay, the, the jump thing doesn't sound like a big deal, but, like, the gaps in between that you were jumping over were, like, the size of, say, a Mario Kart racetrack. You, know, you could fit a whole yeah. track in that jump that you'd make. Yeah, it's pretty epic. You know, um, just... I mean, some had hidden areas that made it longer and harder. They had winds and mines, which was unusual, because usually in car games, it was either you race to see who was the best racer or you had weapons. The track itself wasn't a weapon. I think that was one of the good things about this game is that the tracks themselves yeah, I were the R- weapons. I think RC Pro-Am um, was one of the ones... I don't can't remember. I, th- I think that got a console release. I know I had it on uh, Game Boy. But I think that that was one of the games that was both Assault and both racing. But you're right about that. I don't remember that. I know that's an early take on that one of the earliest I can remember, but no, it, it, there, there was the, the level did not attack you. No. In any way. The people did. Yeah. But I mean, it, like there were hazards like oil slicks yeah. and cones, but they wouldn't blow your car. No. Up. Whereas so, on this one, if you got budged into the wall so many times, you, you blew up. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. You hit a mine or hit too many cars, you will blow up. Kind of like in road rash where they have the bike meter yes. and your bike meter gets so low. Like you come back to it and, it and he goes, <laughs> uh, and then you got caught by O'Leary as the police officer. Uh, <laughs> Every time. But uh, what was, you know, what was, what was good about this game too, right? Is that, you know, this was pre Ricky Bobby before Ricky Bobby. And what I mean by that is if you weren't first, you were last to, to win, to, to get to the next stage in this, it, when you're doing like career mode or campaign mode or whatever they call it to get to the next yeah. stage, you had to finish first through third. If you didn't, it was game over. But if you didn't finish like, okay, the first lap, you had to finish 15th or higher then 10th or higher then 7th or higher then 5th or higher then 3rd or higher. And if you finish, okay. if you finished in sixth place on lap three game over, you lose a life start again. And I like that. It, it, it provided a change because it forced you to do something that a lot of games didn't force you how to do. You had to get good at it to, to, you know. And I like games like that that force you to be a better player than, you know. Before you can move on. Yeah. 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 That's a good game. I mean, the only, I guess the only downside to this was that, you know, the Tom Trial only had seven of the 15 tracks. And time trials are not the best to begin with, but with with a game like this, because of the different hazards and stuff, time trial works really, really well. 
Well, it also allows you to build your skill yeah. a little bit and yeah, get, get ready for, um, you know, if you're trying to marathon through there and knock it all out. You could pick right up to one of four different colors in this game. Right now, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know until like a few years later that there was they, there was actual characters in the car and you know whatever. Right, but uh, you're right, right. But um, basically, each car there were four cars, and each of the cars was ranked on four criteria. They had speed, acceleration, armor, and handling. Right, so you know I don't need to explain to everybody what each of them means. You know we all know that speed means who goes the fastest, acceleration who gets the fastest, so on and so forth. Right. And each car kind of had, like, um, an average in one, a great in another, and a terrible in... in so, a weakness and a, and a strength. And then a couple of averages. In each, each category. Yeah, like, the, Blue, Fa- the yeah. Blue Falcon is the most famous car in the series, right? And That's the one I always got, yeah. That had the best handling, but it was the third slowest speed. It had the third worst, handl- uh, third worst armor, and but it had the second best acceleration. You know, right. um, then he had was it the golden fox that I always picked because it had the best acceleration. Because yes, it might have been yeah. might have been the slowest car, but it got to its four hundred twenty five mile an hour a lot faster than the fastest car got to four hundred twenty five mile an hour. You know, you sure. just cut around the yeah, corner yeah. then kick the acceleration. Um, and the blue falcon, Captain Falcon, became like you know, the 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 the, the guy of this game. You know, he, he yeah. became the, the, the star of the show. Um, the, the other thing I liked about this too, right, the difficulty system in this game. It had three traditional levels of difficulty, like, you know, most games did. This was easy, medium, or hard, right? You know, we all know that. And then the courses themselves were split up into three different difficulties too. So you had Knight, King, and Queen Leagues. Or Knight, Queen, and King Leagues, excuse me. Right, so... What would happen is, is that the courses would get harder as, you know, course one was a lot more easy than course five, every single track, right? But it was kind of weird because you could play the second track on Queen's League on easy, right? And that was hard, that was easier than the fifth track on Night League on medium, if that makes sense. Yeah, so the sliding scale was kind of weird in some respects. Yeah, it was a double sliding scale, you know? Okay. Uh, Yes, it would be the easiest version of the track that you could possibly play, but if you played played a harder track, you'd still be playing that easy version of the track, but that easy version of the track is still harder than a hard version of a track that came before it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm trying not to talk in circles, I promise. Uh (laughs) No, yeah, I... That, uh, yeah, it's it's a little confusing, but yeah, basically, um, just the the leveling gets tricky when you have that like three scales yeah. like that. So totally. and, and and it worked, it worked. Maybe not great, but it worked. You know, um, and you know some of the tracks themselves even became iconic because of the soundtrack, which we're gonna get to here in a second. Because because the soundtrack was was phenomenal, right? It was absolutely off the chain, and it was not done by Koji Kondo. Yeah, Which, he was, yeah, the man. He, he was the man, but unfortunately, this time it was done by um, Yukimo Kayanki and Natoyo Ishida. I apologize if I butchered those names. I, I have a, I, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I have a hard time pronouncing non-English names and, and words on the show. Uh, <laughs> I try, but I don't, I don't succeed all the time. 
Yumi Yumiko Kanaki and Na, Naoto Ishida. Yes. No, that's or Ishida. That's my that's my best attempt on that. I'm I have I definitely have a lot of problems with um uh Asian languages, especially too. I don't I don't know how exactly they're pronounced. But well, I've I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I've spent so many years learning Welsh and so many years learning Spanish, and I can't speak anything either. My brain refuses to learn a foreign language or, or, or a native language in my case, which is really, really weird. Your brain's full. Right. It happens, man. Your brain's full. Like Homer Simpson, you know, how, how come after I took that homemade, homemade wine course, I forgot how to drive? <laughs> That's because you were drunk. Yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, um, I mean, some of the soundtrack of this, right, has been used in other Nintendo releases like on um, Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. And Mute City even got its own, like, composition done on Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Huh. I did not know that. That's pretty that, neat. I mean, that is pretty neat. I mean, look, this this game right here, this was... There were, there were three Nintendo fr- franchises. It was Mario, Donkey Kong, and Zelda. And F Zero joined that with the release of this game. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, yeah, because it was just a, another bold uh, take by Nintendo. They were really good at doing that. They, they were. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of saddened that they don't take those risks as much anymore. But then again, it's hard to take those risks when you know. I don't. Wanna, I don't. Wanna... The bread and butter works so well, yeah. man. Mario. People are still buying Mario. It's still the, It's still awesome. So yeah, why? Why must? And that? that's the thing. They haven't released a new F Zero in 16 years. Which, considering how many Smash Brothers, Marios, and Donkey Kongs and Zeldas they've released, surely they could dust off Captain Falcon for a couple of tracks. Yeah, I figured they figured figured they might after all this time, especially with uh, you know they've had three new consoles since then. Is it three? No, four. Yeah, I mean, minimum minimum four new consoles. I mean, it's just it's it's unbelievable. I look, I say this is an eight out of ten game, and yeah, I. Yeah, I'd have to give it an eight point five nine. I mean, there's, it's it's there's one instant classic. There's one reason I don't give it ten. Only one reason. What's that? This game was crying out for a two player mode. Yeah, I always hated that. That um, I have the uh the em- an emulated version yeah. on my son's SNES Mini, and uh, that's the one thing that annoys me about it. And we don't end up, end up playing it very much because it's one player. Yeah. I mean, if the, if you it know. had two players, this would be the greatest racing game ever made. I, I I agree, and I think that it was probably like the note says that it was probably a technological limitation because they were working that system real hard for all that rendering it was doing, and it, it was ahead of its time. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely. So that's that's for sure. That's really it. That's our walk down uh, memory lane of some of the great classics of the SNES. I mean, if yeah. you've not played F Zero, I highly recommend you play F Zero. If you've not played Pilot Wings, I wouldn't necessarily go out of your way to get it, but if you stumble across it, go ahead and play it. You'll have you'll have a couple hours of fun. And if or just a. Uh- yeah, watch a video of it too. There's a bunch of uh, playthroughs on YouTube. I was uh, in preparation for this. I was watching some of it. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of uh, demos and stuff of it too. If you can't get to the console or just wanted to see what it looks like, it's pretty and cool. And if you've never seen Check Fu before, I recommend just just once downloading and playing it. Just it, just to say you've played yeah. it. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 a conversation piece if you meet another gamer and you're trying to break the ice. But hey, how about that Shaq Fu? Yeah. Hey, Imperial Stormcloak. Uh, hey, you play Shaq Fu? Shaq Fu. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a Skyrim mod of Shaq Fu. Uh, it changes the oh, it great. changes the fighting style and it, and uh, actually no, it's gonna be a weapon called Shaq Fu. It does double damage against zombies. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Re, just re- redo all the giants as Shaq. <laughs> oh. He's pretty, he's really big. That kind of works. Oh. <laughs> so we have uh, Man- Randy Macho Man Savage Dragons, Zoidberg Crabs, Shai- Giant Shacks. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. You know, I'd, and then uh, it was the train, the, was the dragon that's... Tom's the tank engine. Yeah, that was good. You know, there's, um, <laughs> there's an office depot literally right around the corner from my house with a life-size... Uh, cut out of Shaq holding a printer and he is a big dude <laughs> yeah if it's life size yeah he's like seven foot he's plus se- like he's, he's seven four three twenty legitimate <laughs> and muscle and, and a muscly three twenty right the, the, the wrestling the WWE was was advertising the big show as seven foot four four hundred pounds and Shaq was like looking down on him going what's up brother <laughs> you know literally he's gonna put his hand on his head you know the whole thing of, the, of, of with your little brother, put your hand on the head while they're trying to swing for you. He could have yeah, done. He's that. He could have done that to the biggest yeah. wrestler that the wrestling company had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a big he's a dude. It's, it's no joke. I've, uh, yeah, I saw him in person before, and it, it, he was f- far away, and he was still towering over everybody. It was it was incredible. So again, don't think we're walking Shaq because, like I said, I love Shaq. I think he's great. Um, great great player, great yeah. businessman. A good sport too. Like he, he's he's made fun of himself many, many a time and used his fame in such ways. Yeah, he's good. But a horrible video game designer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have just left him out of that. They should have just made uh Shaq Jam and made it an NBA Jam clone and just been you know so first, But you know, no, we had to make it a fighting just game. Just like, oh yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, sure, sure. And like six months later. So where's my fighting game? Well, we run across some technical limitations and we thought we'd put you in your best environment. So here it is. Shaq's fighting basketball. And that's it. There you there go. Was, there was a there Boom. was a game for the Amiga called um Cannon Soccer. Right? Which was a which was uh the company that made Cannon Soccer Cannon Fodder and Sensible Soccer put both games together great idea okay so like you know there was there was cannonballs and stuff fighting on things that's what they should have done you know (laughs) oh speedball 2 with with Shaq you know (laughs) just yeah uh, they should have kept it they should have kept it basketball based I think I I mean it just it's just such a stretch (laughs) like I I mean honestly if you're gonna do that game you could have just put you could have put a litany of other fighters you get to you know bruce lee chuck norris like there's so many i know licensing might have been tough and maybe that was the other thing i don't know but like it just man uh, yeah make a basketball game for Shaq. they, they should have given it to mike tyson mike mike yeah, tyson foo <laughs> if, tyson if, if, if you if you were beating me up don't worry about it i'll bite your ear off um Boom. yeah so <laughs> so that's 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 pretty much it of the fighting classics guys um We'll be back to tell, tell you more about what we've got going on here in a minute. Where well, we're going to be talking about our, as we, as we brought up last week, our mustache and mullet drive. Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about the mullet part. That's oh, interesting. Oh, yes, yes. I'll get, I'll, I'll let you know what's going on about that here in a minute. But if you want to catch up with Greg, he will be, he could be found on Twitch doing the stream every now and then. That's and great. he kind of does all the retro games, classic games. And just for fun, you want to go and check him out. 
go ahead and do do it again he's just he's a just for fun player he's not like you know a, hey bro let me do a uh, speed run of blah 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 in like 10 minutes you know <laughs> yeah this is casual i'm just i'm just a 30 something dad who's got a bunch of mini consoles and you know time you know time to play so yeah uh last last couple of days i did uh double dragon 2 uh i did it on uh supreme master basically i'm just doing a a, a one run just go through see uh try to see if i can beat it in one sitting um i've had two runs and they're both unsuccessful um but it's extremely hard on supreme master that's very very unforgiving and then they add in um you know traps and stuff you go through this door and there's a conveyor belt and if you're not paying attention it throws you right in the pit so yeah, I just been kind of doing that just just for fun. Yeah, just messing around. I found out something really really awesome the other day, and I thought I would share yeah. this with everyone. Um, because you know we were calling these a little bit in advance. Um, I was following Slack's Hearthfire playthrough of Skyrim. Yeah, and he was told by one of his viewers, "Stop, go through your room, smell the roses." Right, and normally you know Slack doesn't do stuff like that, but you know who told him that? Skyrim, Skyrim uh. grandma. Oh yeah, yeah. So she follows him, and he huh. follows her. My my world is just like yes. <laughs> the world there is still good in this world. Yeah, I'm glad she's still around. And I, I know, uh, I know she's not not a spring chicken. So it, I'm glad she's still alive. Between picking. her and Slack, their combined age is it's is a hundred and forty six years old. She man, that's a lot of that's a lot of game. She's knowledge. eighty four, and he's sixty two. He doesn't sound. He doesn't wow, sound a man. day over thirty-five. Yeah, no, I thought I, I straight up thought he was um, like you know mid late thirties uh, when I first started following him, which is was about six years ago, something like that. Yeah, so that's that. I was very very surprised by but, that. Um, yeah, so follow that guy too. Follow the Major Slack and follow uh, Shirley Curry and follow. Yes. That's her name. I can't remember her name. All right. But uh, we're going to hop off here. I'm going to give you more information on what we've got going on here and news about next week's show. And we'll be back here in just a moment. Hair. The one part of our anatomy that keeps us in touch with animals. And while some people think hair on the human body is gross, our sisters and mothers usually take the brunt of this with outdated concepts in society. However, if you are one of the many ladies who wishes for your legs, underarm, and um, <clears throat> nether regions to be smoother than a marble countertop, we have the product for you. Introducing NADS. NADS? NADS? What the? That's right. You can now purchase a product designed to remove all unsightly hair with the name that 12-year-old boys use to describe a part of their body with a bunch of unsightly hair. Originally designed by an Australian mother as a natural gentle hair removal system to help her young daughter, Nads has grown to produce many products for every part of your body, even for the guys. Remember, we are not poking fun at this useful and awesome product or the fact that the company that makes it is a beacon of female entrepreneurship, just the name, which means testicles, which still makes this announcer laugh. Order today to get Nadded. Look, I know it's a it, it's a great product, it's a great company, but I refuse to believe that an Australian did not know that Nads meant balls. Maybe it was a joke. I don't know, but I I refuse to believe that. Great product, though. You know. A sincere thank you here at the Because Movie Network to Greg Gregory for taking the time out of his day to sit and talk with us about these awesomely great 
decent and very, very bad games. If you want to catch Greg on Twitch, as we mentioned earlier, you go to twitch.tv slash vintage underscore eyes. That's twitch.tv vintage underscore eyes. Next week on the Because of Me Network, our mid-season break is in effect and we are not going to be doing Oddworld. Oddworld will return on November 3rd. Uh, in the meantime, we are gearing up for our mustache and mullet drive for the Movember Foundation. Yes, usually Movember does the mustaches and we all grow beautiful, glorious mustaches and donate to charity where we, you know, where it's men's charities, where it looks at uh, mental health for men and men's cancer charities. This year, however, we are up in the ante and we're going to have Everybody grow a glorious mullet if you can. I know I am. You're going to be able to see that soon enough. Uh, but also, what we're going to be doing on November 28th is we're going to be a live stream of FIFA The Road to World Cup 98. I'm going to see if I can take my own home country, the wonderful, wonderful Wales, all the way from the qualifiers to the championship. That's what I'm hoping for, okay? I haven't played this game in such a long time. It's going to be... Very, very fun. Um, i got to figure out a way to turn the music off on it. I can't remember how to do it, but I'll get that in the very, very beginning. But yeah, it's going to be fun. And last year we did uh, Oddworld New and Tasty. This year we're doing uh, FIFA Road to World Cup 98. And I have no idea what we're going to do next year, but we will do something. And that is pretty much it. Uh, next week, we're going to be joined by Sarah Connolly as we talk about a phenomenon in the video game genre. We're talking about the fantastic, fantastic spawning 26 movies uh 20 seasons of an anime tv show and it started off about bug catching we're going to be talking about pokemon red and blue stay tuned you don't want to miss that and that's really it that's all we've got for you guys again you know i hope you've had a good week i hope you know apologies for uh not being around last week but you know i forgot to mention that we were taking our traditional mid-season break so apologies for that but however we keep on moving, and we keep on moving on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Check out Because Maybe Network on all of those. Check out our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash bmnetwork-youtube. That's where you can find all of our video game walkthroughs and everything that I just mentioned, the charity drive, the uh, Oddworld series, and so on and so forth. And of course, if you're listening to this on somewhere where you don't listen to podcasts, check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, and Podchaser. That's the other one. I just signed up for that a couple of weeks ago. It's nice. I have my own page and everything like that. It's, it's really cool. Uh, especially for somebody with an ego like mine. So, aside from that, so that's it. I'll see you next week. Sarah will see you ne- next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thank you so much. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-